0: Hello, and welcome to the Performance Marketing Spotlight. I'm your host, Marshall Nyman, founder and CEO of Nyman Co. Each episode, I will be bringing you someone with deep experience in the performance marketing space where they will highlight their experiences within the industry. Today, I have Leilani Han, Executive Director, Commerce at New York Times Wirecutter. Welcome to the podcast, Leilani.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Marshall.
0: Of course. Very excited to have you on today. Uh, was fortunate enough to share the stage with you last year at PI Live, and so excited to have another conversation with you today. Likewise. Would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience so they could get to know you a bit.
1: Sure. So Leilani Han, as you mentioned, I head up the commerce team at New York Times Wirecutter. I'm actually a San Francisco Bay Area native, but I have lived in sunny Santa Barbara for almost seven years now. I had the opportunity to move there um, because I was working for CJ at the time. Time and I've never looked back. I totally get why people don't leave. Um, and some things that I like to do in my spare time, uh, I go to a lot of concerts with my husband and friends and very into craft West Coast IPAs, um, specifically that, that's all I drink. And they're so accessible here in SoCal, which is amazing. So yeah, spending a lot of time outdoors and enjoying everything that SoCal has to offer with my loved ones.
0: Awesome. Well, you're speaking to me. I, I love a good IPA and uh, was at a couple concerts this past weekend and kept running into to people that I know from the industry. So uh, always fun. Would love to know how you got your start in the performance marketing space.
1: Yeah, so kind of a classic story of coming up in Silicon Valley startups. Um, my second and third jobs out of college were at the startups. And you know, I was a junior level marketing generalist. And I always say I highly recommend startups. If you're in your early 20s, you know, you're young, you have energy and you get so much thrown at you, which is just this incredible opportunity to learn and you still have the energy for it. So I um, I just kind of fell into it, you know. I was really tasked with being a jack of all trades, and I dabbled in it for the first time probably about 17 years ago, uh, dating myself a bit. Um, And I honestly didn't know what I was doing, like at all. I was following very specific instructions that somebody had just like handed over to me for something like super tactical, right? It was like basically publisher side of affiliate, but I didn't know what I was doing. But when I actually got into it, I think it was around 2008, um, and that was when the second startup that I was at they had me support the affiliate program, and so over time, I gained an experience and so did my responsibilities like that grew in terms of like managing the affiliate program itself. And so at the end of 2011, though, that's when I got the call from CJ, like they were recruiting for their advertiser development team. And you know, for me, it was like this dream, right? I had been at startups for like maybe five years or so. And I was like, Oh my God, you only focus on just like one marketing channel and have like a team to work with. Um, And it was like this established company. So I was like super excited for that opportunity. So I made that jump. I started with them. January of 2012, and I have been solely, pretty much solely focused on affiliate ever since then.
0: Wow, that's amazing! So you were at CJ for for quite some time. Would love to hear about the different roles you had there.
1: Yeah, I started in advertiser development, like I mentioned. Um, at the, like now, it's actually referred to as client development, and I had a portfolio of advertisers. Um, you know, I was responsible for managing the overall uh, channel strategy for them across a whole bunch of different verticals, and that was amazing because I got to learn about different verticals, different program management strategies. Um, I really got to lean into leading teams of more junior team members, and I got to be a part of their development, which I have since become really passionate about. Um, and then after a few years, I had the opportunity to join the publisher development team. And that was stepping into a new role that was responsible for uh, managing enterprise content publishers. And so this was back in 2016 when commerce content, I think was like really just kind of in its infancy and starting to come into its own. That term didn't actually exist yet. And I was working with the portfolio that ranged in levels of maturity. And most of them had experience with Amazon and sub-affiliate networks, but were branching out to working directly with brands, you know, via the networks. And so that was really the first time I got to start working with all of the peers within the commerce content space today that, um, Wirecutter, you know, is among awesome. And yeah, and then like the final role that I actually had there, that publisher development team restructured, and then I got to be responsible for, uh, you know, I had a small team, we were responsible for recruiting new publishers, and also identifying the new to network publishers, like the ones that like probably got in for like one specific advertiser, and they're like, Oh, we'll just do this one thing, but they actually had the promise to scale to something much bigger. So we really provided consultation services. Um, We advised on things like how to develop your pitch and where does affiliate actually fit into the broader consumer offerings that you have and how can we actually like consult on your product roadmap to expand like your your possibilities with an affiliate um you know we'd negotiate rates on their behalf and so forth and so that was like super fun because i actually got to work with some up-and-comers like one of my favorite stories is that i got to work with a firm back when affiliate was just a project (laughs) that they were working on um but this was also a time again where a bunch of like um you know commerce content publishers were really coming to the network. So I got to work with like Vox and Consumer Reports and help them get started with all the networks. Well, specifically CJ.
0: Amazing. So you had a great start at CJ. It definitely... uh,
1: I loved my time there.
0: Launchpad for a lot of people in the industry. I can't tell you how many people I've had on the podcast that it was their first job straight out of college. Um, So you you had a great run there. And what made you make the switch to the publisher side?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was tough because like I said, I really enjoyed my time there. But, you know, like 2018 or so, you know, I think I found myself ready for a new challenge. i had been there in total for about five and a half years at that point. Um, And I wouldn't say that I was like actively looking, but just kind of keeping an eye open. And my good friend, Linda Mann, she had just left Wirecutter to join Digital Trends. And so there was an opening on that team. Um, And I happened to know... Jessica Spira, who was the head of revenue at the time for Wirecutter. I knew her from my time as the enterprise account director at CJ, uh, managing Ziff Davis. And so it was, I mean, I guess you could say the stars and planets were aligned, so to speak. Um, It was kind of this perfect progression of this journey that had started in publisher development. And I had really spent all this time immersing, immersing myself in this world of commerce content, which was just kind of starting, right? And I just loved it. I loved the service journalism aspect of it, that it was such, you know, at the time, really kind of a unique take on affiliate. Um, You know, you have to take that inherent trust that you've built with your readers to Actually have them take action and purchase that specific thing that you're recommending, and you know Wirecutter was and still is at the pinnacle of that trust and influence, and you know it doesn't hurt that that was maybe a year or so after the New York Times had acquired Wirecutter, and it was such a huge validation of not just the business model, but also Wirecutter's unique approach and um, the way that we were really looking at the way that we wanted to be um, true service to the readers, and so you know it was just kind of a no-brainer by the time the offer came around.
0: It's always the best where it's an easy decision. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so for anybody who may not be familiar with wire I know a lot of us know New York Times. They've been around for I would say a very long time. Um, but Tell us a little bit about Wirecutter and what makes them unique. Sure.
1: So Wirecutter, we are the product recommendation arm of the New York Times. And we're known for our very deeply researched and rigorously tested product reviews and recommendations. Um, And from the very beginning, we've really prided ourselves on taking this approach of being like the smart and helpful friend, the one who just has like the in on all the best things. And, you know, as it relates to the relationship that we have with the Times, you know, there's definitely many areas where we do um, collaborate together. certainly on the digital side, um, and then definitely on the audience side. uh, But we do remain separate from the newsroom. Um, I will say that, you know, if you're, whether or not you're in the industry, you may know this, but we're somewhat infamous for our very stringent separation between business and editorial, and for being incredibly thorough and detailed. Um, At one point, we had reviews that ran upwards of 10,000 words right um, that's pretty lengthy but i think for the person who's really discerning and wants to have the confidence in knowing that they can trust our recommendation um, that is a nice way to you know have that confidence and then if you actually take the time to read through it i think that's where this certain je ne sais quoi kind of comes comes to life about the reviews that i think it's like actually kind of hard to put your finger on like what makes us so special i mean admittedly I didn't drink the Kool-Aid until after I started working here. Um, and there's something, there's like this, I like to refer it to like, is this unexpected joy that comes from having a product that does exactly what you want it to do, but then has like certain like surprise and delight moments that you just weren't looking for. And the funniest thing is that it's coming from these like at times very utilitarian products. And so um, there's something very special about having just like the right thing, do exactly what you want. And, I think another thing that makes us unique, like we don't recommend products just for the sake of trying to sell you a product. We are here to provide advice. And so sometimes that actually comes down to telling you to not buy something, or we give you advice on how to take care of that product that we've recommended, how to clean it and to repair it so that it actually lasts over time.
0: Yeah. I love wire cutter and it's because Thank of you. The- love to hear it. The- thorough in-depth reviews. And one of the things that I enjoy is how long they are and how detailed they are. And if you ever go to the very, very bottom of one of the reviews and you expand the the, the bottom, it'll tell you all the research that they did, Mm -hmm. what went into the research, what products they reviewed. And that to me always like sheds a lot of light on, okay, this is who they're testing. This is the process. I can really trust this. So I definitely use it when I'm trying to decide if this is a product I want to buy. Um, so good to hear all of that information. So well, you, quick
1: question yeah. so for you then, since you said that you are a fan, what's the favorite thing that you've ever purchased from Wirecutter or what's a recent purchase?
0: What's a recent purchase? Uh, I don't buy anything online. I'm like the worst person. <laughs> Marshall. It was probably, it was, it, was, it was probably something my wife probably bought for one of our babies. I literally am mm-hmm. like, I'm, you can't get a conversion out of me for some reason, <laughs> but except I, your own yeah. clients, right? Yeah, except my clients, but my, uh, my, my wife is the one that does all the shopping. So I'll usually like, she'll tell me, oh, I'm looking at this or that, and then I'll Maybe go to Wire Cutter and kind of say, okay, this is this is where they're leaning. Usually, most of the time, it's baby gear. (laughs) What's the best stroller? What's the best car seat? Um, Backtracks. Yes, we've gotten
1: lots of feedback from parents that they go straight to us for uh, their baby product recommendations.
0: Yeah, and I do a lot of cooking, so definitely a lot of cookware and cooking Mm -hmm. product uh, reviews. There's definitely a a lot of good information there.
1: Yeah, I have a ton of those in my own kitchen.
0: So you've been at Wirecutter now for almost six years, three different roles. Would love to hear about the different roles. You originally started in the business development role. Take us through the different roles and where you are now.
1: Yeah. So I started as a senior manager. You know, like I would I guess I would describe the my overall path at Wirecutter as like evolution of the partnerships track, really. So when I started, I was actively in a partner management role. So we were basically taking our direct partnerships from a couple of dozen relationships to really expanding that and trying to diversify our overall portfolio um, in a much more robust way. But along that um, path, really establishing these best practices across partner management and cross-functional workflows, that's really built the foundation for what we have today and have been able to grow the team from a team of three to 10 that are specifically focused on the affiliate side. Um, And now I'm in a role today where I'm part of the leadership team that looks toward the future ambitions of how we're gonna continue to be helpful to our readers and really translating that into a strategic vision and plan for the team on how we bring those opportunities to life for our partners. So uh, not as hands-on, not as tactical as I used to be. And sometimes I definitely miss that, but it's also exciting to know I have this opportunity to be a part of like the next phase of Wirecutter.
0: Amazing. So we were talking a little bit about how in-depth the reviews are. Would love to hear what goes into the process from start to finish
1: so much. These reviews, I mean, depending on the product that we're talking about, they can take anywhere from weeks to months of research. And that's not even including all the other components of like bringing something to life, right? That's just the actual review process itself. And this is really also built upon years of experience that we have, um, both, you know, as an editorial organization, but also when we look at like, the beat experts, they bring years of their own expertise. Um, we're also gathering Interviews and data from the best sources, which can include subject matter experts. Um, we really go deep over customer reviews to find out what matters to the real people who are who actually already own this product and um, how they're using the things that we're assessing. And so all these different pieces ultimately help us to figure out like the baseline for how people are using it and what the pain points are, what people want to see in these products. And this is how we build the basis for how we actually end up testing a product. It's also helping to inform us in terms of like what products we should include in our shortlist of the items to actually review Um, and In terms of like how we're testing it, like again, we're going back to how are people using it? What are the pain points? And so this is actually manifested in some really fun examples of like the way we test for these real life scenarios. That's one of the things that we have have spoken about in the past, like we don't just test things like solely in like this very controlled lab setting kind of environment. We go out in the real world. So um, our travel writer, he ocean surfed to see if one of our duffel bags was actually waterproof. Another fun one, we have created a room-sized box, which we set on fire to test fireproof safes. And um, our smart home writer, when he was testing the smart locks, he taught a six-year-old how to pick them, (laughs) which I thought was funny. So, I mean, really, our ultimate goal is in this world of, like, this plethora of products that are just stuffed to the gills with all these different features, you know, we want to recommend the high-quality things that actually warrant their price. And... We don't push those extra features on you that we don't believe you're going to use because these are recommendations for products that we feel should be meant to last and not be replaced every year. And then, you know, we are constantly, our editor-in-chief likes to call it tending to the garden. Um, You know, he shared with me that I think some people would probably be surprised that 80% of our journalist time is actually spent on re-reviewing, re-testing, updating the guides because you know we can't just like write the piece and walk away from it if we want to be continuously helpful to a reader at any given time we need to make sure that it's uh, you know constantly staying updated
0: yeah products are changing all the time Mm -hmm. products are coming out so people are always looking for the, the newest and the best information. So yeah, updating that all the time is important. I think the other thing you said, sometimes it takes weeks or months, I think maybe even sometimes years for some of those reviews, depending on the product. I know it can be a, a long process. Um, obviously, everybody wants to get their products covered on Wirecutter. Um, but what are some things that brands or agencies could take into consideration when maybe trying to introduce a product to Wirecutter?
1: Great question. And I always like to say this is unique to every publisher. So if you are working with a network rep, definitely lean on them to just get some advice on how to pitch that particular publisher. For Wirecutter, don't pitch my team. We can't help you. We don't make introductions because at the end of the day, our separation is very strict. And so we make sure to really honor that level of editorial integrity. What I would recommend is Find out who the writer is, and tailor your communications to them. Don't talk about rates or monetization. They're immediately going to tune you out. They'll probably toss you back over to us, and we can't help you because it's endless cycle of like being tossed back and forth. Um, you know, I would never. I would also say never assume that they're going to write about your product simply because of your pitch. What you want to do is aim for it to get tested. You want to get it into their consideration set. So go look at the review if it already exists and take a look at what we've recommended and what we have not recommended. And what are some of like the attributes that really surface? And then from there, you should focus on your product itself and explain why is it superior or what is like the unique value add that it brings to the consideration set that none of these other products have. So try to understand what's being recommended and point out the differences and why they should consider testing this one next.
0: I hope everyone was listening closely because that was some killer advice. So definitely take that into note when you're reaching out and trying to figure out who should be, I think, a lot of people just quick to say this should be a fit, but really looking at the past reviews and finding those opportunities and helping sell them on why they should review the product I think is really important. Um, so, so great advice. Um, I think another angle is also sometimes going the PR route uh, and establishing relationships with editors can help um, kind of go on that other side keep, since it's separate from uh, the affiliate things. Um, so shifting the con- uh, conversation a little bit, Uh, We've seen a huge boom in commerce content since you started at Wirecutter. Um, What has it been like to see this area just explode?
1: It's been really fun. Um, I mean, it definitely keeps you on your toes because the space becomes busier and more crowded. But I actually I love that. I it's such a validation to see this space boom and become such an important component of affiliate programs, especially since I you know I feel like I was there for the beginning stages of this, um, and I feel this way. You know, I think in part because you know I came up with these people, they used to be my clients, and we become friends over time. And even though we're technically competitors, it's also just been really rewarding to see your friends succeed. And overall, we're helping to further grow this vertical into what it's become today. Um, and again, you know, despite the fact that like friends are competitors and vice versa, you know, it's also just been helpful to share insights and challenges with each other so we can learn and benefit from our collective experiences. So um, yeah, it's been fascinating to see it's kind of wild to see like in comparison where in 2016 where you know advertisers were just kind of figuring out like how to speak differently to this type of a publisher understanding that like you can't just offer your default rate and like a product feed had less meaning for them versus maybe a coupon publisher and being able to see like see where it is now where there has been um know it's come into this place where there's like agencies that like really cater to this working with this type of publishers and everyone actually understanding how to work with us and less inherently understanding what um the like the why behind the ass that we have is just really gratifying
0: yeah the people are a big part of the industry for sure I would say, I don't even feel like anybody's really competitors. We're all just like colleagues and friends. It's it's really not competitors. So it's, yeah. it's funny to say that as well. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges faced uh, working as a publisher in the performance marketing space?
1: I mean, to be bluntly honest, I mean, I'm gonna just start first with the margins. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think especially for a commerce content publisher, the overhead is quite significant when you, I mean, it is for any business for sure, but when you consider at least for our operations, we like Wirecutter is a team of over 200 people. And like, I would say close to two thirds of that is um, are all on our editorial side, primarily journalists, audience um, development, production. And so there's like a real overhead cost to that. And then when you think about that relative to like figuring How to adapt your business in real time to the macroeconomic factors that can be happening, um, the realities of being reliant on these giant tech platforms that do drive a significant portion of your business. So, on the one hand, it's a great model because you know you have this direct line into whether or not you're resonating with your readers, and we have that proof of our influence and our value, and our partners really understand that and have this willingness to compensate us for what we believe is a fair value for the independent journalism that we produce but you know on the other hand you know performance based business can be tough when you need to grow your bottom line while the affiliate space continues to mature and innovate
0: absolutely final question what has been your favorite part of working in the performance marketing industry
1: The people. People are amazing. I think once people figure out this like amazing secret, not really secrets so much anymore as it was back in the day, but this industry where I feel because we are a performance-based business and one side really doesn't uh, succeed without the other, I feel like we're all invested in each other's success that maybe may not be present in some other marketing channels. And so people who fall into it tend not to get out of it. And we've all grown... Uh, to know each other over time, like we just talked about, we become friends. It's really fun to meet the new uh, people that enter the industry, and so it's just really nice to know that there's this overall community that we have been able to be a part of that continues to grow and to see um, how affiliate marketing uh, becomes an even more important integral piece of you know marketers' um, plans, like year after year.
0: Absolutely, I mean, for me, it's always been the people and. That's what's pulled me into the industry and, and it's what's kept me here. Uh, well, before we wrap, I, I do want to mention one thing at the end of the month here, February 29th, uh, Leilani is going to be speaking at the first Martech Record LA event. Uh, really excited about that. Nymo Co is also a sponsor. So if you're thinking about coming out, we'd love to see you there and uh, stop by and say hello. Um, so a big thank you to Leilani from Wirecutter for joining the podcast this week really great insights into your background and how to best work with wire cutter um, what is the best way for listeners to connect with you
1: so, I should first mention, I would be remiss if I did not, that the first requirement for a partnership is you have to carry or sell a wire cutter recommended product. Um, everything starts and ends with the wire cutter pick. And so, if we don't recommend something that you carry or sell or that your client doesn't um, sell, then we unfortunately don't have the opportunity to partner. Um, but still, send us a shout at commerce at wirecutter.com. Even if your product may not be a pick today, that doesn't mean that it may not be in the future. So, it's just a helpful way for us to know who is representing what and how to get in touch with you in the future. If you do carry a cutter, pick, definitely make a mention of that in your email and let us know what network you want, what network you are on and what you're able to offer. So we'd love to hear from you at Wirecutter.
0: Perfect. That, Again, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Leilani. Really appreciated you joining today. If you've enjoyed this content, please give us a like and follow. Thank you for listening in. I'm Marshall Nyman host of the Performance Marketing Spotlight, signing off. Thank you and have a great day.